Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for spending your Tuesday with me. Thank you for allowing me to enter your ear. Uh, I love it here. I I love the time spent in your ear whispering my sweet nothings. Um, I really have been enjoying seeing and hearing people listening to the show and their feedback on the show so far. Feel free to keep uh, DMing me, uh, texting me if you have my personal number. If you're really that cool, that means you're on an elite list. That's pretty crazy. Uh, good for you. You're doing something well in life and you're listening to the show. You, you're winning all over. Please text me more if you're such a winner. But anyway, today's episode is called Saving is Sexy. Saving is sexy, but it won't make you rich is what I think the title actually should be more appropriate or that would be more appropriate because saving is something that most people, especially in America, are not fucking doing. And I don't know, I don't really have much data from other countries, but most people in America, the statistic shows that like, I think like 60 or 70% of Americans could not afford a thousand dollar in emergency. Like what, what are we doing people? You don't have a thousand dollars lying around. You need to listen to this episode. What we're going to talk about is a couple different saving strategies. We're going to talk about a couple different places that you can save money because as I'll get into your Grammy who is saving the money under the mattress, she was, she was losing money. Um, you need to either go text her, FaceTime her, send her a letter, call her, fax her, but let her know. And then also, you know, they're not around anymore. Just, just know that there was money being lost at, at the table there. And and this is all about talking cash. This is all about making more money, not losing money. When I say you're losing money, what I really mean is you're losing money to inflation. Inflation is about 2 to 3% every year. It's the natural occurrence of things getting more expensive. Uh, 2021 right now, it's like 5%. So if you're saving money under the mattress, you're getting 0% interest, 0% return on that money, and... That's fucking stupid. You're you're losing 5% on your money every single year. What? Your $100 next year is $95. All because you thought it was cool to keep a bunch of money uh, under your mattress so that you could post the picture on the gram with, with the stacks of cash. And that girl that you were posting the picture, she's not messaging you anyway. Put the money in the fucking bank. Anyway, back to kind of my point, my, my layout of the episode here. I want to talk to you a little bit more about where you can be saving that money alternatively to saving it under the mattress. We're going to talk about some of the games that you can play or some of the strategies that you can be implementing to save more money. And I think that's going to be valuable because I I have this conversation all the time, right? Like people are like, I am not, I don't have enough at the end of each paycheck. Well, send this episode to someone who has said that to be you before, because I know someone has said it. People say it all the time, but that person also bought 
I don't know. What did they buy that month? They bought a new pair of shoes, but they can't save any money. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about that. But anyway, saving is sexy. It's not going to make you rich. If there's any more valuable topics that you think would be beneficial to hear on the podcast, let me know. Um, one of the next episodes, I think we're going to do a bit of like a fire round where we just go through a bunch of different topics that I'll, I'll try to hit on quickly. But I think this is so important because, I mean, there's a, there's a pandemic of brokenness happening right now in, in this country. And I have the vaccine. <laughs> the vaccine is this episode right here. So been chatting with some fans and, and been getting great feedback. And I love what I'm hearing. But if you have any more, if you're interested in being a guest, let me know at TalkCashPod on Instagram and Twitter. Follow, 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 follow. Like the posts if you can, because that's kind of like supporting the podcast. I appreciate that. But also share with some friends if you think any of the if the content is good. Uh, and and I'm trying to make good content that's beneficial to you guys. I'm trying to share a lot of a lot of the things that I'm seeing throughout the day. And I'm trying to keep you updated with your favorite podcast. I mean, this podcast, whatever. So let's get back to the topic, right? Like people are going to disagree that saving isn't sexy. Well, you know, maybe it isn't, but you know what is? Having freedom, having financial freedom, having options, hashtag options, people. Having a nest egg allows you to feel untouchable. An emergency savings fund, uh, some money that you sit on, waiting for that right opportunity to invest in when it comes along. That's sexy. That's hot, right? Like you go out on a first date, you go out with your, your bae on the weekend and they're like, what's, what's the hottest thing about yourself? And it's like, I sit on three to six months of my expenses every month. <laughs> is that not, is that not, is that not sexy? I think it is. I would, I would be turned on, but let's, let's get off the topic of what turns me on and more back to what you can be doing with this money. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't have to worry about anything when 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 you have that much money saved. Um, a, a recession, a housing market crash, global pandemic, you're recession-proof. There's like a Yo Gotti song. He's like, I'm recession-proof, and I love that. Uh, and I really felt like that last year during the pandemic too. Um, when markets go down and you have a pile of cash you're sitting on, you're not tripping. You're not tripping about anything financially. You're you're pretty pretty content. You're like you you just deal with whatever happens because you have the money laying around. Um, did you, if you get laid off or fired, no problem. I got three to six months stashed away in a deep dark hole in Guatemala. Uh, a man named Manuel manages it. I've never met this guy. Never seen him. I think I might have found him on the dark web. Ain't no sweat there, right? Like we got the we got the cash stashed. If there's a major life change, this is what people like never think will happen to them. Like if you get like a major illness, um, if you get in a car accident, uh, if, if you, if you're expecting a child too, like that's a little more planned for, but are people really planning and saving up a bunch before they have kids? I don't fucking think so. Um, so no problem. We're financially ready for that. Financial stress is one of the leading issues that like causes divorces. I think it's like top two or three things. So get your fucking finances in order. We'll reduce that uh, that divorce rate as well. And one of the men- largest mental burdens, lar- one of the largest stressors in the modern day, can be reduced. We're gonna we're gonna listen to this episode here. I say we, you, me, collectively, the people, the followers, the talk cashers, the cash talkers. Um, 
we're gonna we're gonna build a financial fort that is strong and unbreakable by by finding the right amount for you that is to be saved, and then we're gonna move on. Next episode, let's build businesses or let's let's invest it, and and we're gonna be getting better and better and better financially every single day. Thanks for listening. I'm gonna get into some interesting ways here to save money in a little bit. But first off, I want to talk to you about where you should be saving this money. So when you're first thinking about saving money, you probably need to do a little bit of a cost analysis on whether that money is best off saved and where it's best to be put or whether you're better off investing it because at the end of the day, saving is not going to make you rich, right? It's just going to help you maybe match inflation that's going on uh, every single year in the world. And also you need to think about whether it could be better used in a different opportunity, uh, an investment or something there. So what we're going to do, I'm going to start by breaking down the different types of savings accounts. When we talk about the different types of savings accounts, there is a high yield savings account, which many of you might not be familiar with. That's a term that I'm going to break down in a second. But what most people probably think of is saving money in the bank. Bank of America, Chase, nothing wrong with those guys, but at the same time, you're getting very limited return on your money there. And if you have a savings account, you might be looking at 0.08% interest, 0.06, 0.08, something like that. Now, when I say interest, I mean the money that your money is earning. So you put $1,000 in the bank, you're getting 0.8% of, sorry, 0.08% of that annually. And that is very, very little. That is nothing. Um, you're losing money. Again, I keep saying this, you're losing money to inflation, which is about 2 to 3%. Right now, 2021, it's like 5%. So it's not a very advantageous position for your money to be in when it's only earning 0.08%. But why do these exist? Well, they exist because it's an easy product for the bank to sell you when they sell you a checking account. And by sell, I mean they just provide it to you, right? What banks do with your savings, uh, with those accounts, they use that to invest money on the back end. They make anywhere from 8 to 10% on that. Annual returns maybe more, maybe less. And then they give you 0.08% of that. So that's what we'll consider a traditional savings account. Now, when I say high yield savings account, I mean a higher interest yield than what you're getting in your traditional savings account. Now, what do these yields look like? Right now, again, 2021, it's nothing crazy. You're probably looking at 0.5%. That's what the going rate is right now for a lot of these high-yield savings accounts. Um, but if we look back a couple of years ago, it was up there in the 2% range. Um, so a couple of examples of, of these high-yield savings accounts. You got Ally Financial. That's one. Goldman Sachs has their own product. It's called Marcus. Citibank also has a high yield savings account and you can look these up and, and compare them. There really isn't much difference, at, you know, between all of them. Most of them are going to be online only. So if you do like going to a brick and mortar bank, being able to go to a uh, teller and, and ask them for a certain amount of money, maybe you do want to keep a little bit in a traditional savings account. That is one value that those provide. Uh, a little bit more support than you're going to get from an online savings account, which is typically what those high-yield accounts are. But when we talk about access to your money, I have Ally. If I need my money, usually I can get it in a day, 
two days to transfer it from there to my checking or uh, traditional savings account. And at that point, you know, what, what do you need more or like, what do you need something quicker for than two days? An emergency? Well, then that's why it's helpful to have a little bit of money stashed away in your traditional savings account. And I also don't think it's wrong to have, you know, a, a little bit of money, whether it's your monthly expenses or just daily operating money in your checking account too. Because in your checking account, you're not really earning any interest at all, but that access is super valuable. So save a little bit in your checkings account, save a little bit in your traditional savings account. But if you're really building a, a pile of cash that you want to sit on and, and leverage later on in life, that's what your high yield savings account is going to be the best option for. Something where you can get a similar return to a high yield savings account is called a CD. So certificate deposit. And these are offering similar returns to high yield savings accounts, but they are locking your money in for a certain amount of time. And so the interesting thing about this is that money, while it's being locked in, it brings up a good valuable point. Why would you go with a CD over a high yield savings account? Well, if you had started a CD in 2018 with a three-year lock-in, you put your money in there, you would be locked in at that rate. And while the high yield savings accounts have gone down in money or uh, gone down in interest recently, your CD would stay the same. And so you wouldn't have access to that money until you're allowed. Usually it's like two years, three years. And the longer that your money is locked in with the bank, the, the higher the interest. If you were to start one now, you're probably going to get again that 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 type rate, which is Nothing to write home about, and I would not lock your money into a CD right now. These are historically low interest rates, and who knows when they'll be going back up. But the high-yield savings account will be constantly adjusted with that. And so I think uh, that's where you have the, the analysis of what makes the most sense. When we're talking about saving, what are we saving for? You could be saving for anything. You could be... You know, saving for retirement, but I typically wouldn't use a, a savings account like this for your retirement plan because what are we talking about? 0.5% interest, 0.2 or 2.0% interest. If you're investing that money in a 401k, a Roth IRA, a Roth 401k, uh, any of those types of plans, uh, even a brokerage account, you're going to be chasing the 8 to 10% returns annually that you're going to typically see in the stock market when you're investing in the, in the market. And, and so the benefit there is, you know, you might not be able to see that money for a while, but you're going to get a higher rate. I wouldn't recommend investing in a savings account with, for, for retirement. Well, Johnny, what does that leave, right? That's what you're wondering. You can invest for your short term goals, like buying a car. You can invest in your, your midterm or longer term goals. And by, by short term, I would say less than five years. Midterm, long-term, I would say over five years. And when we talk about some of those goals, that could be saving for a boat. If you're looking for a boat, that could be saving for a second house. That could be saving for your first house. That could be saving just for a rainy day so you have uh, a nice little vacation stash. And also, that could be saving for uh, in case you get sick and you can't work for a while or you are let go from a job and you, you can't work for a while. 
shit, I think that there's benefit to having that little bit of cash so that if you want to leave a job that you're not happy with, you can do that and not be desperate for another job. You can live off of that for a bit. So there's the rainy day fund. There's the emergency fund. The emergency fund, I, I, I typically recommend having at least one month of your, of your expenses in there. But I would like to, to see you work into three months and then to six months. And, and some people out there, some, uh, evangelists of the fire community really believe in having like a full year's worth of savings of, of, of your expenses in an emergency fund. That's kind of aggressive, I think, in my opinion, because that's six months more that you could, or six months worth right there that you could be investing. But you feel pretty bulletproof when you have a year's worth of expenses, potentially a year's worth of your salary saved up, right? Like who can touch you then? Who can fuck with you? No one can. You're, you're invincible. Um, but at the same time, you have to outweigh, you have to weigh out the options of, of whether that money can be making more somewhere else. So you've got your emergency fund, you've got your rainy day fund, and then there's always the idea of saving cash in an investment account, in an IRA, in case the market drops. So that you can be, you can take advantage of those drops and, and buy the dip. That's the term, right? Like stay aggressive, buy the dip. And the market we've seen go up and down. It's been very tumultuous over the last couple of years. But one thing that we've seen, and this is just over the entire lifespan of the stock market, it has always gone back up. It has been up. It is up right now. It's at all-time highs. Every single day I get a notification on my phone saying the market is closing at all-time highs. So if it drops, that's a really good buying opportunity, and you need cash to be able to do that. The other thing that there's benefit to having cash lying around for is for any unique investment opportunities. If one of your friends comes to you and, and says they want to start a business, but they think that you'd be able to be a good partner, or maybe they just need cash, well, that's a great opportunity for you to help a friend, uh, but also you're going to get a return on your money, right? Like you're going to get ROI. So I like to have the cash sitting around. That emergency fund, That's that should be untouchable, basically, whether that's one month, three months, six months of expenses, 12 months of expenses. Separate from that, you want your rainy day fund or you want this fund that you can you can be aggressive with in in these types of opportunities when they pop up. And and what we're comparing saving this money in the bank to is other versus stashing it under your mattress. That's what our grannies used to do back in the day, right? Granny was losing money. Granny was losing money by stashing it under the mattress. It's it's easy to get to it, but if the world goes to shit and and there's like a a worldwide Armageddon type event, your cash is going to be fucking useless anyway. So what's the point of having the cash? It, it's it's absolutely, it doesn't make sense. It's asinine at that point. Uh, maybe keep a couple hundred dollars, maybe like a thousand or something, depending on how much you're rolling in. But any large amounts of money being saved in your home, you're just asking for trouble. Even if you save it in like a uh, safe, you're just asking for someone to break in and take the safe or what if a fire happens and you don't have a safe i can think of a million different things that can go wrong with you saving money in the in the in your apartment in your house what i cannot think of is a time when your fdic insured bank 
didn't pay you money that they lost. I can't think of a that'd be that'd be newsworthy. That'd be that'd be really big. That'd be a big story. We'd know about that. So you have your brick and mortar bank, you have your online bank, you have your certificate deposits, those CDs. Those are your weapons, right? Uh, your weapons of mass savings destruction. <laughs> That's where you can save your money and, and have it go to work or, or be ready to utilize it and leverage it uh, as you see fit. Okay, so before we get into different strategies, different ways that you can be saving money, let's first talk about typical objections, hurdles, challenges that people state they have when trying to save money or trying to build a savings account. One thing I hear a lot is I don't have any money left over after I pay all my bills. There's another one, uh, like I don't, I don't need to save money. I don't really hear that that much, but people just, like I said, never think that something bad is going to happen to them. And the world has a crazy way of humbling us. Life does in general. That's why it's ups and downs. Uh, the downs aren't as down when you have money sitting around. So I don't, and if someone says I don't need to save money, that person is a fucking idiot. I don't understand how you could save that because having cash lying around is never a bad thing. Too much cash could be a bad thing, but having some cash that you're sitting on that you can do anything you want with is never going to bite you in the ass unless you get robbed. But like, who gets robbed from an online savings account, right? Uh, even if it's not crypto, right? Like it's not virtually out there kind of available for any hacker. And then I guess also another thing that like maybe isn't as explicitly stated, but I think is the actual underlying reason a lot of people don't save as much as they would like is that they procrastinate. And that, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm guilty of procrastinating sometimes when it comes to certain things, tasks, whatever. But not when it comes to saving money, because I think people just don't realize how long it takes to build up enough. If you spend $3,000 a month and you need to build up that one month of savings, that, that's not going to take one month, right? Like you have three months, $3,000 of expenses. Uh, so it's going to take up a little bit of time. You can't just dump your $3,000 of expenses in there unless you're making six, $7,000. You pay your expenses and then dump every other penny into savings. Then you're going to eat shit for one month and you're going to resent the whole process. The idea is not to go broke here. And, and really, it's ideally not to feel broke. It's to be effective. Uh, effective in saving money while still living your life. So... I just, again, that $3,000, if you're saving up $100 a month, then that's going to take, what, like 30 months. That's going to take just over two years. That's going to take a while. If you're saving up $100 a week and you need $3,000, then that's going to take about half a year, I believe. Uh, it's going to take about, what, like half a year is 26 weeks, so it'll take just over half a year. That's... like. You're, and that's to build up one month just from this example. So let's, let's talk about some of these saving strategies. And I, I want you to be creative. I want you to think about them and say, how I, I, I could apply that to my life in a certain way. Maybe I do a little bit of that. Maybe I do it fully that way. But the easiest way, right, to counter that first objection of I don't have any money left over after paying bills is pay yourself first. This is what the richest people in this country do. 
before I personally pay any of my bills, on the first of every single month, I have an automated deposit going into my online savings account. So you can automate the process or you can do it yourself. But before I pay a bill, I pay myself. And and the bills, I'll figure out. If I need to go back to my savings account to pay a bill if I'm like short, then so be it. But that money needs to be put away first. And then we will move on through life with the allotted money that is left. And that's why like you set that budget which we've talked a little bit about uh, on previous episodes, but you set your budget, and within that budget, I have a savings allotment in there. So if you know you want to save $100 every month, put it in your budget, and then pay yourself first. Put that savings away before you go and buy any new toys. Put that savings away before you pay bills. Why are you paying other people before you pay yourself? That doesn't make sense. You will figure out how to pay that bill The lights will not go off after one month of missing a bill, which is like an aggressive statement to say, but it won't. But if you, if you have that money lying around, you're going to slowly but surely be building this fort that we've talked about, this financial fortress. So easiest way, pay yourself first, automate it. So you like within certain bank accounts, you can have a certain amount pulled every single month. You can do it once a month, or maybe you want to save a hundred dollars a month. And you pay yourself 50 on the 1st and 50 on the 15th every paycheck. That's a way to go. Um, a way that I really, really, really like is every time you buy something extravagant or uh, that's a bit of a treat for yourself, there's nothing wrong with treating yourself, right? Whether that's a, a, a fucking candy bar that's like $2, it's my favorite candy bar, dope. Or whether it's like bottle service at a night out, whether it's a pair of shoes, a, a, a bike, we're ranging from $200 to, I mean, $200 or even $2,000 with some of the things I just mentioned there. Put that same amount in the bank account. Put that same amount in your savings account. Or put a portion of it. Like, say, every time I spend over $500, I'm going to put half of that amount at least into my savings account. And it's, you know, if you're feeling really cheeky, put the whole amount in there. If you can't buy something twice, you should probably be really, really, really harshly scrutinizing the purchase in the first place. So that's a really good way I like to do that. And then that way, you're, you may have a goal of saving like $5,000 a year, but you don't want to do the, the work of saving $600 a month. So maybe like two or three times a year when you buy something big, you, you fix tires on your car. That's not a great example of like treating yourself, but like it's a big purchase. Anytime you make a big purchase, you just match that. And before you know it, you'll be at your savings goal. Another thing also, I've done this in the past before where I didn't really want, like I didn't have a lot of cash flow each month, a lot of cash left over that I was making more than spending each month. So what I did is once I got my tax return, not everybody gets a tax return, but I got my tax return back. It was a couple grand and I just put that straight into my savings account. I didn't even look at it because it was money that you were living without and maybe you were expecting it, but it's money that you can probably keep moving forward without. And at the same time, that tax refund is your money anyway. So it's money that you could have been putting away each month, but the tax man takes out more than they should based on the way you you filled out your taxes and you just get that money back and you just plop it right back into the savings account. So that's that's a really good way too because most people get, I think, a savings or sorry, a tax return. 
versus owing money when it comes to taxes. So that's that's a great way where you just don't even think about it. And one time a year, you just ditch some money into your savings account that you get back and weren't using anyway. And another way to go about it, a certain amount per uh, – everything that I've kind of mentioned is like a certain amount a week, a certain amount a month because that's the way my mind works best. Uh, I'm I like regimented schedules like that, and it makes it easy for me. And And so whether it's every Friday or the first of every month, I know. I don't even need the pop-up on my phone, but I do have the notification on my phone. But I don't even know because it's something that I personally have just built into my schedule, my life. And you can use those notifications, but I promise you once you start this, you're going to fall in love with like trying to match how much you put away. When I started investing, that's like the thing I was doing. Uh, I think I was putting away like $100 every paycheck or something towards my investment account. And then I would get like a week into that pay period and I'd, I'd have some money lying around and I was so jazzed up to invest. Not everybody's going to be as passionate as I am, but like that's why I'm doing this podcast, right? And I'm trying to instill that passion in you. I would get so jazzed up about like buying some new stocks or something that I would I would go put extra money away. And then at that point, it's every every paycheck, but then – Within between paychecks, I was giving myself a little bit more because I loved it. I liked the feeling. And I really want to try to pass that on to you, right? Like you'll get competitive with yourself. How much are you putting away? And then you'll start to notice that maybe I have a little more. And this can go to your savings account. Like it, like for me, it went to my investment, my brokerage account. Um, it, it, it can go to a personal development fund. Like whatever you are really jazzed up about, you can start ciphering. You're going to start competing with yourself. Just trust me. Just do it for like two, three months, a certain amount per week or a certain amount per day. Um, like what, instead of your coffee, cut your coffee. This is like a big thing in the personal finance community. People are like, cut, cut that daily coffee. I don't care if you go and spend three bucks at Starbucks. Maybe you match that every single day and you put that three dollars towards, um, towards a savings account. And you can do that by putting $15 or $21, whether you're doing a five or seven day week in your mind, whether it's work that you drink coffee or what, but 15 or $21 at the end of the week or every single day, just manually put the $3 away. Be mentally aware of where your money is going. And so by doing it every single day, you're, it's like, ugh. I don't want to do that. It's going to take time. It takes 30 seconds to transfer money from one account to another. We have systems these days that make it very, very easy. So those are a couple of the ways that have worked for me in the past. Um, another way is like if you have credit cards, use the credit cards. And if you get cash back on those credit cards or any type of bonus like that, this may not be the best use, but it's a it's a cheeky way of having a little savings account. Like I have some that are more travel oriented, and I, I I use those points that I get for travel rewards. And I think I think one of the next episodes we're going to talk about credit and these travel rewards and and these credit cards and everything. There's a wild wild west out there right now with some of these these reward cards. But I also my first credit card when I was first building my credit was just a cashback card from Bank of America. I already had a relationship with Bank of America. It's where I had my my um, my checking and savings account with, my traditional savings account. So it was easy to get a card with them. It was cashback. 
It's nothing crazy. I think it's like 1% cash back on most purchases. And then for like one or like gas and groceries, it's like 3%. So without even realizing it though, like gas and groceries, you go buy groceries every week. You get gas anywhere from every week to every month, depending on how much you drive. That money will add up. And so I've, I've used that money in times to pay back the credit card. I've used it in times to just buy myself something nice. But at the same time, you might have a couple hundred dollars in there after a year or two. And that's money that you weren't really aware about. It's money that you're spending anyway on, on the credit card. So then you can just pull that cash and put it into a savings account. Again, money that you didn't know was coming or you weren't really planning for that you now have purpose for. And this is a tip that I got from a fan or a listener here. Uh, this works a little better for those in the service industry with uh, maybe a bit of a variable income. But saving all your $5 bills. This uh, this fan worked as a waitress, and she said that she would use that little strategy there, saving all her $5 bills. And this was someone who every month said, I don't have any extra money saved over or left over. But all those $5 bills that she get from those tips, she would save them. And at the end of like a couple month period, like a three to six month period, she had a couple hundred dollars, and she was shocked. She didn't know it had added up that quickly. So that's a great one right there. Make it a $5 bill. Make it a $10 bill. If you really want, you can make it a $1 bill. But like, I, I, I would, I would challenge you to maybe do like a five or a 10 and, and start just saving like that. Like, I don't touch $10 bills personally or I don't touch $5 bills. It, it could be a joke that you make with your, your friends and family. Like someone hands you a $5 bill and you say, I don't touch $5 bills. My bank account gets that or, or just don't say anything. Take it from them and put it in your bank account. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's my ideas there for, for, or strategies for saving money. I guess one more that I can think of is like, if you use coupons or discount codes when you're shopping online, when you're grocery shopping, think about like how much money you're saving there. So like I go to the grocery store and I, I'm, I'm a rewards member at the grocery store because why wouldn't I want the free money off? And at the end of the day, my receipt says, like, I saved $32. Take that $32. Take the difference between how much you were going to pay or the full amount and what you actually paid and stash that money. And if you do that every time you go grocery shopping, if it's 10 to $30 every week, that is amazing. Now, that is money that you're saving, right? So, like, maybe that's why you went to that certain place in, in the first place, but that's money that, you, like, if you were paying full price, you would pay that amount. So stash that money away too. If you use a mix of all those strategies, you're going to be sitting on a nice Easter egg before you know it. You can move on to the next episode. We can talk about how to start investing your money because the savings you already got down. These are these are strategies that once you instill in your life, they're always going to be there. Like it was kind of hard for me to think about this at first because some of these things I just do and I don't even think about anymore. And, and, and that's, it, it only takes a couple of years. It only takes a couple of weeks, months to build a habit like that. Most importantly though, to close out this episode, I really highly recommend talking to your friends about money, right? That's the whole point of this podcast. But in the nature of this episode, in the spirit of this episode, let's talk to friends about how much they're saving. I asked one of my friends once and he's like, I think, I think in like 20, 30% range. And I love that. And this is a guy that like, 
He makes a lot of money, but he also is very on top of his money, so he's able to say that. So even if you just use percentages, you don't have to know how much someone makes, but you know, like, they're only living off 60-70% of their income. So ask your friends how much they're saving. They And and you might get an answer like, I save $100 every month, and that could be completely arbitrary. They could make $200,000 a year and save $100 a month, and that's really nothing, but it's something, right? And so the goal is to, like, open your eyes a little bit about how the people around you are saving, whether it's too much, whether it's too little. You could have a high-paycheck friend. Remember, most people in this country are living paycheck to paycheck, no matter how much they make. So if you have a high pay, like you have a friend that's in like finance, right? And you know, they're making bank every year, go ask them how much they're saving. And what if they, they might shock you? Like, what if they say like, Oh, I didn't really think about that. One, you're being a good friend. You're making this, you're bringing this to the top of their mind. Um, two, you're giving yourself a bit of a barometer to compare to the people that you're spending the most time with, right? Like people always say, look at the top five people you spend time with and that's the future that you might have. We can learn a lot about you from that and that's going to talk about or that's going to show a lot about your habits as well. So go ask your friends, the ones that you know make no money, the ones that you make make a lot of money. Also, wait, real quick, if you're living at home, you better be saving that fucking money. Right? Like if you're living at home with your parents, a, a family member, and you're paying a lower amount of rent or no rent, the difference of that, what you're paying and not paying, at least some of that money needs to be going to your savings account. That is like the biggest thing I can stress because when I lived at home with my parents, I, I saved a bunch in my 401k, but I wasn't really actively putting money away in my savings account. I was just, I was going out, I was having fun, I was enjoying life. But like I was using that 401k as a big, uh, big buffer then too. So, uh, you can, I could have been using that time to build up a bigger cash pile. Not really a big deal. I made up for it later on in life. Um, but if you are, not, if you're like getting a discount rate on rent somehow or paying no rent, you should be saving that money for sure. Um, I actually know one couple. They knew that this is when they were dating. This is a couple years back. But I thought this was super interesting and I was like couple goals. Um, they would live off one of the couple's rent or one of the couple's paycheck and the other person saved their entire paycheck. I was just in awe when I heard this. I was like, one, that takes a lot of trust because if you guys separate, then the person who wasn't splitting rent, wasn't paying for anything, that person's really getting off kind of scot-free there. But but the trust is like couple goals, right? And they're married now. Um, so that is great. I love that. I don't think that's for everybody. And I think there's a lot of risk associated in that, but it worked out for them. If you know you're with your like forever person, please don't ever quote me on saying the forever person. But if you're, if you're with someone that you're like really confident in, it's like, oh, we're going to get married, no doubt. Then you guys could discuss a strategy like that. It's pretty aggressive. But aggressive could really lead to like some huge benefits there. Like in that scenario, this person probably saved like forty thousand dollars in one year. Saved. Maybe they invested some of that, but they bought a house very quickly soon after that, and they're rolling financially now. They're they're moving very well across their lifespan. So that's a great option there too. I want to leave that as a late gem for anybody still listening, and you should be listening. 
But go talk to your friends about money. It's a fucking fact that most people are living paycheck to paycheck. So by calling your friends out in a polite way where you're you're like, how much are you saving? Put the information out there first. Like, hey, hey, Mary, I save 20% of my salary. We never really talked about this, but like, am I crazy? Do you save a lot of money? Do you save more? Do you save less? And just see where the conversation goes from there. Um, that's That's my episode right there, people. Saving is sexy. It's important. It's not going to make you rich. Keep tuning in to more episodes on how to get rich. But this episode is going to teach you how to be financially strong. You're going to build a nice foundation. You're going to have a lot of cash sitting around you. And and do your positive affirmations, right? Money comes to me endlessly. I keep money really, really well. Whatever. I don't I don't really do positive affirmations, but maybe maybe doing it more would have more cash lying around. Who knows? Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalkCashPod. Share the episode with a friend. Share it with your family member. Share it with your significant other. Thanks again. Have a great day. Join us next Tuesday for Talk Cash Tuesday. Peace.